You gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you wanna be judged on wood grain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good. I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? Or did you call next and they took that ish? Or cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens? Or as loud as Mr. Softy Ice Cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops and prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling dimes. Yo, what up? This is Manny Digital. Welcome to another episode of Dribbling Dimes. My guest today is a legend. Um, there's no doubt in anyone's mind once once we divulge who this person is of his status of a legend. Um, funny enough, his nickname comes from uh, his mom. Basically, his mom was an avid bingo player, especially when she had him in the womb. So he was he was named Bingo. I gave it away right away off top. Um, his actual name is is Maxwell Cole. That you didn't know, mofos. Um, he grew up in the Patterson Houses in the South Bronx, not not too far away from um, where Ross Strickland grew up, but also where Tiny Archibald is from, right? He's Tiny from, Archibald's from Patterson. From Patterson, right? Um, he he never played high school ball, but he started his coaching career super young. I want to say it was eighteen years of age. That's correct. Okay, and he's coached infamous players. I mean, you name it. He's had him on his team. We're actually going to talk a little bit about how uh, a gentleman, probably never heard of him, his name is uh, Kevin Durant, played for him for a summer. Um, and, and today we're going to talk a little bit more about all the things he's involved with, um, a lot of things. It was actually too much to Google and understand. So I don't know where you are as far as some of some of teams you got going, true ballers, you know, all the different things you've been affiliated with. So I want to get I want to get all that organized and straight. Um, with us today is Maxwell Bingo Cole. Thank you, sir, for being here. Hey, what's going on? I feel like I'm more famous now. I finally got invited to Dribble Dimes. <laughs> I've been seeing Dribble Dimes all over the place. I said, Jesus. I said, maybe I'm not famous enough, and then nah, I get nah. the call, so I'm here. Nah, I appreciate nah, you. No, nah, we're going to slide you a check for that. For that <laughs> nah, that's okay. <laughs> slide it to the kids. Slide it to the kids, baby. <laughs> I appreciate that. So listen, um, usually we start out talking about, like, what was that first moment that somebody, you know, a guest fell into basketball. Mm. That's already out there in the internet. I've seen and read a few different things. So I want to kind of fast forward a little bit. I know, like many, many kids, the, the basketball surrounded you, right? You and Correct. your friends. You guys were constantly involved in it, playing, watching, mm -hmm. right? But there came a point where, for whatever reason, I, w I would love to understand this, why you never played high school basketball, but then... You know, when you were of age to graduate, you ended up starting to coach. Like, what was that dynamic for you? Well, at the time, you know, I didn't take playing basketball that serious enough to to play on a high school level. You know, um, if you grew up in Patterson Project, you 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 teeter tottering of being in the street or doing something positive. And I just wanted. Didn't understand it. I loved the game. Um, I could talk about the game all night and, and to everybody. And But then I just decided, I said, you know what? Instead of me playing, 
I said, let me teach these kids. And a lot of kids used to come up to me and say, can you teach me how to play ball? Can you teach me how to play ball? And then I started teaching them. And then I said, you know what? I really want to learn the game of coaching the game of basketball. So you so you were – people came to you saying, yo, can you teach me? Right. Why did they feel like they should come to you to learn when you yourself, it sounds like, didn't even feel like you had the, the elite level understanding that a coach would have? I mean, I just think that because I'm I'm an open, good person, you know, okay. and people felt comfortable just coming to me. They used to see us playing in the back park, and um, you had kids out there watching us play. And, you know, after the game, I would, you know, shoot around with the kids. You know, a lot of times uh, little kids wouldn't be able to get on the court. I would allow them to get on the court and take some shots and mm-hmm. play with them, and then it just grew from there. Okay, and so what, what made you say, you know what, I want to take this to the next level. At 18, I mean, that's it was probably before. Right. But like at 18 years of age, for you to seriously jump into the shoes of coaching, it takes a lot because most of us are immature at that age. Mm-hmm. Like to even know we want to go down that path. Like mm-hmm. what was it for you? Well, there's this uh, coach named um, Dave Jones. Was from was coaching the New York Gauchos at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he lived in um, Patterson Project you know, we call each other, you know, cousins and all that other stuff. And he used to see me do my thing with the kids in the back park. And I used to go to the Gauchos and watch him coach all these uh, famous people. And so I said to him, I says, you know, one day I said to him, can I come and, you know, learn from you and, and learn more about the game so I could bring it to these kids? And he says, why don't you just come and coach with me? So I've learned a lot back in the days from the Gauchos. Now, we're not talking about at the Gaucho gym on 149th Street. We're okay. talking about the Gauchos that used to be on 135th and 5th Avenue uh, okay. in Harlem. Okay. So then, then they moved to the famous to the Gaucho gym. Right. Oh, yes. so you would like pre-Gauchos pre, pre that most people know. Right. Interesting. So so you were an official assistant coach for Dave at the yes, time? Yes, for Dave Jones. I was that was your first stint with the Chos. You was there after Yes, some yes. Point that was my very first stint with the Chos. Um, I stayed with them until they actually moved to the new Gaucho gym. Okay. And then I decided to uh, break off and do a couple of other things. So how long would you say was that, that first stint with the Gauchos? I would say three years. Maybe you said it like years. it's not a big deal. That's a lot of time. Yeah, it's a, a short time compared to what I've done. Sure, sure. <laughs> so what what was it that made you say, "All right, now I'm going to go take off into another direction"? Uh, well, I went into another direction because you know um, there's just uh, another coach, famous coach named Thurman Player. Mm-hmm. Um, we started uh, a team called Young Life. Okay. Back in the days, and we we was uh, practicing out of a church on the 129th and Seventh um, Avenue Salem Church, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the uh, CEO of it was uh, Curtis Thompson, and he came and he started talking to me, sell me in the park, and says, "Yo, you young upcoming," and then me and Thurm used to be close, and we was up and coming. And we say, you know, why don't we just start our own little thing instead of trying to be a Gaucho or Riverside mm-hmm. at the time? Yep. And we really made noise doing that young life in the few years that we had it. You know, we 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 had some players that came through there. You know, we had the way for Austins, the Stephon Marbury, the Sham Garwells. You oh. know, so so and we're talking about those kids at the age of ten and eleven. Ooh. So we really introduced them in. 
New York City basketball, mm-hmm. you know. So how at, did, how do you, how do you find so th- I'm assuming those kids were rel- they were relatively in the same age range, right? All yes. together. Yes. So you had them all in the same squad for, for yes. a period. Yes. How do you how do you find how do you scout talent that well at ten or eleven years of age? Well, at that time we wasn't. I wouldn't say we were scouting talent. I mm-hmm. think the talent was actually coming to us. Really? And I think at that time we, me and Thurm, were still learning more about the game itself. Yeah. So we had to understand. Okay, we have the talent. How do we make it better? Okay. You know. You know. You get kids that come in with the talent, but how do you make them better? From what they already are Mm -hmm. and we had to figure that out and you know we did a pretty good job with that you know figuring it out and 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 getting the kids to where they were supposed to be until it's time that we made our move so what when you say you made your move what does that mean so god bless him mr lorch from uh, riverside church yeah he came in and uh got with coach thurman and uh told him Hey, we want you and your whole program to come to Riverside Church. Oh. So at the time we wasn't too happy about it, you know, but you know, it's like you made the offer of bringing the program offer you can't really conf- uh refuse. Yeah. And it was better for the kids. You know, they would, you know, Riverside and Gauchos was doing things that we couldn't do right. really. We couldn't travel uh across the country and we couldn't do all this other stuff and this was something that at that time that our kids needed to do, you know, and we had a good group of kids. So we had some kids that went to Riverside. We had some kids like Stefan left and went to the Gaucho program. And, you know, and then it was hard for us to hold these kids if you wasn't a Gaucho or Riverside. Right, 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 right. So Because they were like the premier program. They were the premier program, you know. So we decided, you know what, we're going to make this move. And we're talking mid-90s, early 90s? Yeah, about that. Yeah. So what... So you guys got acquired, basically. The the True Life group got acquired. Yeah, young by, Life group. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, young true, Life. True Ballers. True Ballers See, is I'm my tournament. See, I'm confusing everything. <laughs> young Life. So Young Life got acquired by Riverside Church. That's yes. cool. Yes, Um Okay, so that's how Sham God got in the mix with Ron and yes. all these. Damn. Yes. Oof. Yes. Okay. Um what so and like you know so you were with Riverside for a time mm-hmm. um and then you jumped I don't I don't want to make it sound like it was a bad thing like I was going to say jump shit but you you found another opportunity to go elsewhere what, right what was kind of what was that transition like what did you fall into next well I went into um uh menacing townhouse uh with uh, God bless him Ron Carlos um decided to go there um, because I wanted to see if I can um, challenge myself and build something new. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, sometimes and still to this day, I'll get bored at what I'm doing and need to do something different, something fresh, and, and something fresh, and and to build something new. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, because I always felt that though, if you keep doing the same thing year after year after year, it just it just it just bores you out, mm-hmm. you know. So I had to do something different at that time. So you reinvented yourself that way. Yes, yes. That's hard. Yeah. Because it's it's almost like you build something up, then you basically break it back down and start from scratch every time. Yeah, it's like like you know with Riverside they already had their their persona, you know they right. they was already the top, so they didn't really need me 
to be there to to help them build it more. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So I said, you know, I want to help somebody else build their program at gotcha. the time. You know, um, and 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 that made me feel like, okay, I'm really doing something. You know, I'm really um, um, contributing to to put my stamp on certain things. Mm. So bu- building your own legacy, right? If you will, right. So during that time, you, I, I'm I'm calling Dave Jones, one of your your coaching mentors. Yes, is that accurate? Dave Jones and uh, Mike. McAway from Riverside Church. Okay, so I, that's what my question was going to be. So throughout that, you you've I'm sure adopted other coaching mentors to learn from. Right. So Dave Jones and sorry, the second gentleman? Mike McAway. Mike McAway. Yes. Uh, how did they influence? Like, if if you didn't have them and you just continue doing what you were doing, how different would you be as a coach? Would I don't think say? I would be a. a I, w- I don't think I would be the coach I am today. Um, and a lot of people don't know. The older people know of Dave Jones and the, uh, the older people know of Mike McAway, but there's a lot of people that don't know of these coaches. These coaches taught me everything that I know about the game of basketball mm. and always told me, when, you're, when you can't learn no more, get out the game. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? And... That's what I learned. So it's like I study the game every day. I, I you know, I YouTube. I, I go to basketball clinics. I, I try to learn something new every day in this game. But when you come to the point that you can't learn something new, it's time for you to walk away or do something different in the game. Hmm. You just hit on something, uh, and we kind of was alluding to this a little while ago, but mm-hmm. – um, I've had guests here, and actually, Chucky Martin was on the show. Chuck Martin, yeah, my man Chucky. He, I think, he put the finest point onto this. Mm-hmm. Basically, because I'm always having a conversation about, you know, what happened to New York, right? Right. And a lot of people will argue nothing happened to New York. New York is right. still New York. It's still the mecca, right? Right. And then the others would say, "Yo, the, the rep that New York used to have is not here no more. Right. Like everybody's relatively caught up, right?" right? And and I asked the question, like, what can we point to? If in fact things, you know, did in fact uh, stop, right, or or the reputation went away, what is it that we can point to to say that's where it happened, or this is one of the big reasons why? And Chucky mentioned something that I thought was really compelling. That kind of speaks to a little bit of what you said, right? You got the old guard of coaches, and I'm just going to focus on mm-hmm. the Catholic high school league, right? You've got, you know, the, the, the powerhouse programs with their long tenure coaches. Right? Mm-hmm. You got the Gary Sees at San Raymond for a long time. You got mm-hmm. um rest in peace, the gentleman, I forget his name right now, but the one at, at Malloy. Malloy. Yes. Right. Uh and so on. Jack Current. Jack Current, exactly. You've got all these mythical legends, mm-hmm. right? They were in there for 10, 15, 30 years in some cases. And it didn't seem like there was in some cases any, or in some cases a solid succession plan to kind of pass on the knowledge right and so when you when you say when you stop learning beat it right mm-hmm. go find something else to do right i think in some cases the old guard possibly was in that in that mind frame right they were like either they felt like they were too tenured to learn anything more so they kind of stuck to their old old school habits and maybe in some cases got pushed out because they were too antiquated in how they thought about things and then in other cases they didn't think long-term enough to teach right and 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 in teaching obviously as you know you learn also right so i look at it now and not that we have bad coaches i wouldn't Mm. say that at all but i think 
passing on certain aspects and allowing the younger coaches to come in and alter that slightly but have the same kind of foundation, I don't know. Maybe it would lead to keeping more talent in in the New York City area, for example. Like, how do you look at that as it relates to just like the whole evolution of coaching here in in the tri-state? Well, one of the things is that I'm totally different because I agree that uh, you know everybody called me old school. I you know I I didn't think I got there yet, but I guess I am. (laughs) But I agree that the old school coaches should teach the younger coaches the game if the younger coaches will listen right if they're receptive if they're receptive um i did something and this is this is people to this day don't understand um i was the head jv coach at scanlon high school yeah um i stepped down from the head jv coach that was my decision Mm -hmm. to give it to a younger up-and-coming coach Mm. And I mentored him throughout the year, through the practices, you know, let him, you know, let him make his mistakes, come to me, spoke to me all year long. He ended up winning championship, JV championship. That wasn't that long ago, right? That was last year. Yeah, last year. That's what I thought. Um, I'm, I'm mentoring my son, mm-hmm. you know, as far as now he's going to be the head freshman coach. Because I do believe that the younger coaches coming up should have a turn. Mm -hmm. Nobody should sit in their way if possible. But the problem is there's not enough old school coaches like myself that's willing to open that door and let that leash go. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So I believe in teaching coaches. Like I love teaching, teaching the kids and the players. But I more believe in teaching coaches how to coach, mm-hmm. you know. But I, what I don't do is I don't overstep my bounds. I if 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 somebody needs advice, if somebody want me, want me to help them, then I'll go help them. Right. But I'm not going to just come and just, and just say, "Oh, this is what we should be doing." Beat this, you that, over this, the that. head with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, when I was the when I was the head JV coach, my son was an assistant, and I had another um, young coach, Derek, was assistant. They did most of my practices. Mm-hmm. They did most of my coaches. So even even in games, they would people would hear their voice more. I would just fine tune some stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because they need to get out there. Mm. You understand That's, what I'm saying? I mean, so that tells me a few things. One, you're actually in this. It feels like for the right reasons, right? Yes. Um, to pay forward what right. benefits you were able to gather, right? Right. Um, and do it in a way. It sounds like where. Super constructive and empowering because there's yes. people that'll tell you I'm teaching so and so or I'm mentoring so and so, but in reality, what they're doing is they're almost uh, brainwashing them to be a, a replica of right. themselves, which is not right. It's not useful, right? right. Um, but it also tells me that you're a person comfortable enough in your own skin to find something else to do. Right. And I mean, we've seen it. Your yes. history is very clearly articulated that. Yes. And and I wonder. When you know that there's, for instance, you, you have to go out and create something or or creatively put yourself in position to be a part of something, right? So, for instance, you're the AD at Scanlon. Correct. That probably wasn't, maybe five years ago, probably wasn't something you were thinking about. Right. But it's still related in the world that you're accustomed to. Correct. Right? So, now it's a bigger responsibility, actually, because right. you oversee more than just basketball. Right. So, 
it, it's it's refreshing to see somebody not have to worry about what's next for me, but really focus on hey, let me pay this forward. Where does that come from? Because that's not that's not normal for a lot of people. That 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 actually comes from you know God bless my father. You know he's 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 always been like you know you know we might not never be rich financially, mm. but you rich in how you treat people and what you do for people. You know, and as long as you treat people the right way, you're always going to be treated the right way. And, you know, God's going to make sure that you're okay. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? You might not have the big house on the hill and and whatever, but you don't never have to worry about anything because he's going to open up a door and find a way if if you're struggling to get you through. And I believe in that. I believe in paying it forward. I believe it. I like to see other people succeed. You know, I just, my biggest problem is if I help you succeed, then either you come back and if I'm still coaching or I'm still teaching the kids, help them too. Mm. Yeah. When you don't do that, then I have an issue because if you go away saying, oh, I did this, somebody helped you regardless of what you did. Somebody helped you. If they didn't, if they came in and turned the lights on in the gym and walked out, they helped you. They got you something. Yeah. They got you something. You understand what I'm saying? So that's how I, I, I was brought up. You know, you know, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say, Oh, I did this myself. I did no. I, I somebody paved the way for me right. to do this. And I was lucky enough to get that done. So now I'm trying to pave the way for other people. Right. That that's key. Like gratitude is something sometimes, you know, I I I, I self analyze myself, right? Mm -hmm. And I say, you know, I always give thanks for the most menial thing because mm -hmm. to me, I, I I always feel like I'm not better than anybody. Right. So for you to hold the door for me, right, takes effort. Right. Like you got to want to do that. Right. Right. So for me, that I, I'm I'm appreciative of that. I also find that uh, people tend to get caught up in life and sometimes forget to give thanks. Yes. Right. And sometimes it could be for years. Sometimes they don't even notice. Right. And that's crazy, especially when, you know, you've touched so many lives, it would almost be sacrilegious in my in my from my perspective not to show gratitude. Right. Right. And and I know you don't mean like yo buy me a house, yo right. buy me a car. Right. I I know you mean it more from a human perspective. Right. Um and and I just I don't know. I, I feel like the glitz and glamour sometimes really blinds people and they when they hit rock bottom, that's when they start remembering everything else that paved the way for them. And not that it's too late, but it it kind of sucks. Like yeah, it does. It does. And like I try to tell a lot of my um, ex players, you know, I tell them I, I don't want anything from you, but if you could come by and talk to my kids during practice, and I'm talking about I got 13, 12, 13 year old kids, talk to them. If you could come by and, and just play ball with them a little bit. You know, whatever. The, if you could just come and stand there and watch a game, so they could say, "Oh, they, he came to my game." That that means that more means to everything. me. You know, and and unfortunately, we don't have that. Like once kids nowadays and people make it, they tend to forget, mm. and and it's sad. And I think that that's another thing that that hurts the game. So that's why I always have to reinvent myself because I'll get upset with it. But like, you know what? I need to do more. To make sure this continue to go right as long as I'm living. Hmm. So slightly related, maybe not. We'll, mm. we'll let the audience be the judge. Um, you have this flight of talent, right? You mm. got kids that 
you know, as early as the 10, 10 to 12 year range are being developed here, playing here, getting getting into the New York City, I, I'll call it generally tri-state area kind of basketball um, culture. And then for some reason or another, they're off to a prep school, they go some other state, whatever. I feel a way about that. And, and I don't, I'm always conflicted about it because I always look at the player first and their family and whatever's best for those kids and that family, I think trumps whatever the hell I'm thinking or whatever right. the hell anybody else is thinking. But it, in the same vein, you look at the mid nineties as a, as a great example. Uh, even before that, you've got this culture that is built around these players, right? Like in early nineties, mid nineties, Catholic high school league, you had D oneers up and down. Didn't matter, right? So nowadays, you, you probably have some scatter, but it's not as significant as it was. And I think a lot of that has to do with the, the built-in support systems. You think about your neighborhood, right? You walk right. down the street like you was you were a god. Right. You go to the next town, you know, the next borough. They knew who you were. Right. You were competing night in and night out. You had to make your bones almost every night. Like, there was no night off. Right. right? Whereas... And and I might be speaking at a school here, so whoever's listening, please let me know because <laughs> I, I really want to correct it if I if I'm off here. But you go to whatever prep school, right? Mm -hmm. The competition may not be as fierce as the people that you grew up with, and, and maybe today it might be might be a whole different story. Right. But back in that day, you left the area, you're probably not getting as much comp as you would locally. Mm -hmm. I want to get. Selfishly, I want to get that back. And I'm not saying by any means that the talent is not at an all-time high. I think these kids mm. are out of control talented. Mm. But I just wonder, and I would love your opinion, do you feel there is a need to have these kids stay locally? Or does it not necessarily matter for the, for the local game? Well, I think, one, it is a need for the kids to stay locally. Now, just like you just said, I do understand if it's a situation – you know, because back in the days we had kids that had situations mm -hmm. that they had to get out of New York. Right. Um, if there's, you must get out of New York, you know, for, for financial, for whatever the situation is that's happening in the streets, I'm with you 100%. Right. But if you were at a high school and that high school is doing everything that they possibly can to get you ready and you're being recruited already, yep. there's absolutely no reason for you to go to prep school. Now, people claim, oh, you go to prep school, uh, it's more talent from across the country, play all these games. Very true. Yeah. But if the kids stay here, there's more than enough talent in New York City to battle each other every day. Plenty. I, I'm going to tell you the number one problem in mm. New York City. Hit me. Parents. Mm. Parents. Um. They're the number one problem. When when we was doing this back in the days, you had very few parents that was was really that deeply involved. Now I'm not saying parent can't be involved, right. but I think that they make decisions on their kids as that a meal don't ticket. make no sense. As a meal ticket. As a today. meal ticket. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um um I've, I, you know, you get kids that want to go play for the Gauchos of Riverside, and they rather have their kid sit, be the ninth, tenth player sitting on the end of the bench, than playing with somebody else who goes to the same tournaments, mm -hmm. 
do the same exact things, but because these these organizations got names for themselves, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, they rather for them to go there. But you, they're not necessarily looking out for the benefit of the kid. They're not looking That's out for the benefit the of the kid, right. right? And then you get people that get into their ear, and this is what I talk about. If I'm what's best for your child, then nobody should be able to get into your ear. Mm-hmm. I should I should not be able to talk to a gaucho parent. I should not be able to talk to a Riverside parent right. if that program is best for your kid. But the problem is there's so many AAU teams. Tons. So many AAU teams. And it's and and there's no loyalty in the game. You understand, and we go through this. We go through this at scaling. I'm pretty sure they go. I see it at St. Raymond's. Yeah. I see it at Christ the King. I it's see it. All over. They, you know, the coaches. It's hard to keep these kids because in the summertime, everybody's in their ear. Everybody's telling them the grass is green on the other side. Yep. And then nine out of ten times, if that kid had Stony Brook when he left us, when he finished prep school, he still got Stony Brook. Yep. What's good, Hoops Fiend? Hope you're enjoying the episode so far. It's your boy Manny Digital with a hot take. Are you a basketball coach? Maybe an aspiring one? If so, then you have to check out this Tri-State Area Coaches Clinic going down Friday, September 20th at Stepanak High School in White Plains. It features head coach Jeff Capel from Pitt, St. John's Mike Anderson, Illini head coach Brad Underwood, and other big-time D1 honchos. They're spending several hours with attendees to share their vast knowledge and expertise in all aspects of the game. For more info and to register, go to nycoachesclinic.net. That's nycoachesclinic.net. Seats are limited, so don't hezzy. Proceeds benefit the St. Ignatius School of the Bronx. Be sure to tell them Dribble and Dime sent you. Now let's get back into this hoops journey. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so, so nothing changes. And I tell kids that all the time. If North Carolina wants you, they coming to get you. Mm-hmm. And you know what, too? There's nothing better than consistency. Yes. Even if you got a, a, a I won't call him trash coach, but like, right. you know, like a, a middle of the road type of coach. Right. That you're going to learn way more about not just the game, right, right, in that system, but also yourself as a, as a, in this case, if we're talking about boys, right. a, a man, right? Because right. you're, you're being developed. It's nothing more sweet than if you think if you take it back to like when you grew up on mm-hmm. your, in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? Your core group of friends, you guys been through the mud together, right, right, for years, right. There's nothing better than establishing a bond with your brothers and your sisters that you grew up with. Right. Over time, there's nothing better than that in right. the world. Right. Imagine you you got to take the same kind of mindset, right? So you're a basketball player, female or male. You hopping around program to program, you might know these people for a hot minute and then you off to the next. You're going to get if you go pro, you're going to get plenty of that in the league. Like, yo, get your footing with your people first. And so long as you're in a decent spot where you might get a light shine on you every now and again, because that's what they want, right? right? They want that opportunity. Right. Yo, stick with it. Right. And it's, it's and and I would say ninety percent of the kids that leave school to go to prep school or leave an AU program to go to another AU program is not the kid's decision. 
Mm. Oh, wow. It's not the kid's decision. That's a big percentage. It's not the kid's decision. You understand what I'm saying? I I, I really believe that because I just like you said, they bond, they make friends, they want to play, they want to do. But, you know, I always tell parents, do what's best for you you think is best for your child because I'm going to do what's best for mine. But if you don't allow your kid to deal with adversities now, when he become older and a man, how is he going to deal with adversities then? It's going to be super detrimental to them. It's, it's, it's going to be crazy. You know, you get a kid that, that oh, I don't want my kid to play the four or the five. I want him to be the guard position. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fine. So if you, if, you, if you work on it and him being the guard position, but he really can't handle it, but you continue to work on it, then they take him out of your program, and guess what he's playing in the other program? The four or five position. <laughs> and I just sit there and I just shake my head. I, I just laugh at it. Because they're not going to take the time to teach him that guard position. Right, right. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of, a lot of AU programs, the AU programs, their contract, a lot of them have contracts to win, to get the sneaker deals and all this other right. stuff. I don't I don't worry about that with Bingo All-Stars. So Bingo All-Stars has been around for how long? Uh, 2000. I played with it since 2006. Okay. I hope I'm saying it right because my wife is going to kill me. That's okay. We don't fact check. So okay. your, your wife could be the fact checker. <laughs> uh, yeah, she'll kill me if I said it wrong. But I think since 2006 and I was just playing with it. Okay. But it's been around. I mean, you you guys doing yeah. stuff every year. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier you, you guys were traveling this summer. You had a you had a nice little run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In so, North Carolina. so, so, so I, I had this team that we decided to put together, and there's only the one team, the young team. Mm-hmm. Um, 13? They're 13 under? now. We started when they was fifth grade. Oh. So, we went to uh, North Carolina. Uh, we played Division II AAU basketball, uh, and we became second in the nationals. We lost in the championship. Um, good experience. And then was it we, a team from Maryland that you guys played? I think so. Championship game? Yes. Yeah. And then, um, we went to, uh, from there, we went to Indiana, played in the USA basketball um, thing for the youth, and uh, we lost in the Final Four. So everything, like I said, is a good experience for the kids, and that's what I do for it. I do it for the experience and, and to test the kids, like, where your talent is at. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, the parents, you know, everybody get destroyed when you lose, and they be like, how do you keep a smile on your face? Because I didn't lose. Because guess what? I kept the kids alive. I gave them an experience that they never that they that they might have and might not never have again. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? And trying to get them better. The wins and losses is great. I don't do this for wins and losses. I've won Plenty. all my life. Yeah. So it's not that's not my forte to do it for wins and trophies and t shirts. I do it to get the kids better, to get them ready for college basketball. What what well that's that's a great goal because sometimes if you don't have a clear like winning a chip in a league is cool yeah but yours goes way beyond right the act you know the the short term goal right um what do you say like what's a normal like conversation that you have with your kids when you're like in the middle of a rough patch or just in a game like how do you connect with them because I find you got to be almost a magician nowadays to really like get get a good connection with kids so i wonder do you struggle with that like is that something that you find comes easy you know 
<laughs> I'm a little bit different than a lot of coaches. I mean, I can I can put the fire on under you, but a lot of times when 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 we're in a tight game, I might call a timeout and either walk away from them and let them figure it out. Oh, word. Yeah, I'll let them figure it out. I saw Kenya Martin do that in the yeah. big three. <laughs> yeah, walk away from you. Sometimes you got to let them figure it out. Yeah. Give them a timeout, let them breathe, and then as soon as, just before the timeout is done, I'll say, you ready now? And they'll be like, they look at me and they'll be like, yeah, half the time they didn't figure it out. Mm. Or I'll try to make a joke of it or just mess with somebody. Or you, you understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's different ways I go at them, and you just got to know at that point in time what to do. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you start, if you continue yelling and yelling and yeah. yelling and yelling and yelling at a kid, he's eventually going to fold. Mm-hmm. You understand? And then you're not going to get nothing out of it. You understand? So when, now when we go back into the practice, we go over everything that you've done wrong, that you get better, and I might yell at you in practice. Right. You understand what I'm saying? To get you get the fire under you. But when we're in games, I think that – the kids is just more relaxed, you know. And like I said, I understand you can't win every time. Mm-hmm. And I and I just tell them, you just got to get ready for the next one. It's very encouraging. I, when you said that, I'm just relating it to me being a parent. Like mm-hmm. I find myself exactly what you just described. The mm-hmm. more you scream at them, eventually right. they just close up. Right. And you get nothing done. Right. So I've been learning that. So, so thanks for reinstating <laughs> that in my head because yeah. <laughs> I got more work to do. Um, so... There came a point where Nike came to you and said, "Yo, we're gonna we're gonna do a little cheat sheet over here. We're gonna put together the ballers of the ballers, but we want you to coach Team Nike." Right. And, and what was it, the Dykeman League? Yes. Yeah. That's the first year. The first year. Okay. Yes. What? How did you get to a point where Nike comes to you? And this is kind of we're going backwards a little bit from that moment. What were some of the big things that? made bingo who bingo is today like what were some of those big highlights that got your your upward mobility call it in the coaching game well um uh hoops in the sun okay is it is it was a Shout nike to tournament the at the guys. time yep. joe cruz and them mm-hmm. the family and uh, of course dykeman i ended up winning uh hoops in the sun four years straight uh, three straight, and one one after. Okay, I end up winning um, Dykeman two years back to back. Back to back, I saw that before the Team Nike thing, and also I was involved in the first uh, uh, how you the Battle of the Burrows mm, hoop, yeah. uh, high school thing. Yep. So I was involved in that um, as a coach. As a coach, okay. I won tournament of champions. You know, because once you win a tournament, you you get to win, you get to play your team in tournament champions. So, right. Joe Cruz got one of my trophies. And <laughs> Kenny 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 Stevens got one of my trophies. Nice. You know, <laughs> so I think that's what it was. I made a name for myself yeah. as a coach out there, and I would, you know, a lot of the top players would want to come play for me, mm. and they saw that I can handle um, talent. You know, I can handle egos, mm. and I guess that's why they said I was the best one for the job. How, how do you, especially, and I'm kind of looking at it from the younger perspective, like the the pros is a whole different set of challenges. Mm. How do you handle those egos, especially like we were talking earlier, like you got the high schoolers, for instance, 
who they're celebrities, right? Especially with so- social media and whatnot. They superstars, right? How do you get them to understand what they have to do collectively? Because individually, you know, they they could be the top of the cream of the crop, if you will. But to work together and win, you have to, you have to be, I guess, lower your be humble, I guess is the best way I could describe it. How well, do you go about it? Well, you know, two things. I guess the funniest thing I say to them is, says, you know, until you get paid to play this game, you're you a bum. You ain't shit, son. You're a bum. <laughs> you know, until you get paid to play the game, you're a bum. Okay. That's number one. Number two. Wait, wait what's their reaction? Do they just, they just look at me and start laughing. Like, yo, you bugging. Uh, so you know you're, who you're I a bum. You're a bum until you get paid. You know, I tell them that all the time. Right. Um, I told, I told, uh, I call uh, Jalen LeCue. Yeah. I call him, I've been calling him rookie from day one until, and I still call him rookie. I said, until you get that first Because he didn't get check, the check yet. <laughs> your name is Rookie. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he, he, and they deal with it. But um, I caught it. Wait, I just caught a blank. What was the question? So, no, my question is how do you how do you manage those egos? So, the managing the egos is, is, is just having them do what you want them to do and making them understand, like, like you can't win this game by yourself. You know, there was plenty of times where if I'm playing in a tournament, mm-hmm. a regular tournament, you know, and, and somebody wants to do them, I'll sit down, go ahead. Go ahead. And the God, other, the other four point. players, the other four, well, big, no, no, no. Let him beat him by himself. Uh, y'all take t- take these plays off right quick. Right, we're going we to let him beat him by himself. And then when we lose, I look at him. So you want to do it my way or you want to continue to do it your Damn, way? So wait, wait. So you sacrifice a game. Oh, I sacrifice plenty of games to do that. See, I, li- I like your style. But I would I would never sacrifice getting to the playoffs or winning a championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I sacrifice games where I knew I can, I can make it up. But ultimately, the lesson there would... Pay you, dividends down the road, and they know a lot of a lot players know if they come play for me, it's, it's a team thing. It's, I I don't I'm not into the superstar and the, the the kissing of the behinds, and I'm not into that. So you get you get denied for Team Nike. What yeah. what was that conversation like when like how did it all transpire when you got the opportunity to coach that group? Well, they came to me and they said they wanted to do a, a super team, um, and they wanted me to coach this team called Team Nike. Um, they put up 50 names on the board and they was going over the names of who they would want on the team. Mm. Um, the only way I agreed to it, if it was six of my my bingo all-stars players on that team. Okay. It had to be because that was the only way I would be able to control it. Uh. And then we went from ego to ego to ego to ego to who would blend in, who wouldn't blend in, and boom, boom, boom. Now, there was some fantastic ball players left off that team. You know what I'm saying? And and I think that was when Unlimited was Unlimited. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was, it was fantastic. But I had to put it into perspective of who's who. Now, me and the Nike board argued they wanted this one, and i like, it's not going to work. And it's like we was in that room for like two hours to put together this team wow. the right and the correct way. And so who goes out to recruit them after you guys decide who you want? Or did they already have a conversation with these folks and say, No, right, no, okay. we just let them know Got it. what we're trying to do and whatever the situation is. And 
it ain't hard to get those guys when you're paying them. Uh, <laughs> true. So nobody came back and was like, nah. Nah. Right. nah not, <laughs> not, 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 not the money that Nike was giving. Right, them. right, right. Yeah. So, so you, you cleaned up. Yep. Um, and then you said there was a second year. Yes, team. the second year of the Team Nike team, we went to uh, we went to uh, England, ah, and then we went to uh, France, and then we ended our session in DC. And y'all cl- killed it, also. Yes. So wait, so it was like on some traveling, yes, tournaments in all these countries. Yes. Wow. And what what was the highlight of the French trip? I have to imagine there was some some interesting things happening just because it's France. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know, you just go out there and you play against it. it, it you play against the teams. Um, um, it, it, the trip was just fantastic. You know, you get to see everybody. You know, you, you know, they teams walking in because everybody around the country heard of the team Nike team, so yeah. they walking in like rock stars and you know signing autographs and all that other wow. stuff and everything like that. So I mean. The trip was great. It's just keeping them focused because, you know, they would go to club, but they grow men. They yeah. go to clubs and everything, but you got to get them understanding. The the great thing about team, what, what Nike did was every time you won a game, you got a bonus. Uh, if you lost a game, you wouldn't get that bonus. So that was an incentive. You had a big incentive. You know, to, to, to do the right thing. Who, who were some of the guys on that team that we might know? Uh, Adris De Leon, too hard to guard. Uh, Kenny Satterfield, mm. uh, Anthony Glover. Uh, who else we had? We had uh, Africa, Anthony Pimble, um, Quentin Hosley, T two, Keedron Clark, Kiki. You've been you've been messing with Kiki forever, right? Mick Kiki. Yeah, he gets you on my Kiki God- early. Yeah, he gets on my goddamn nerves. <laughs> I hope he listens to this shit. <laughs> Stresses me the fuck out. <laughs> Kiki, leave Bingo alone. Yeah, man. he tries to be crazy. <laughs> You know, yeah, that's some of the people. Uh, BJ the Beast, you know. So we had, we had, we had a crew. So you, um, you know, we talked about all the different places you've coached. There was a moment where you almost gave up coaching, like you were thinking about seriously retiring. Yes. And then Pro City came and said, "Hey, we want you to put a team together." Right. Why did that sway you? I mean, I know it was probably just a, an unconquered opportunity that you now have presented to you, but how significant is Pro City to you that you you went the other way? You said, yeah, all right, let me do this. Well, you know, the Team Nike thing took a real toll on me um, to, because the pressure of winning, and um, it was just really to where I said, you know what, enough was enough. It took the fun out of it, it almost? It took the fun out of it, yeah. you know, because it became business and, you know, and it just, like, you know what, I don't want to do this no more. I want to do something different. Um, for years, I was trying to get into Pro City. Um, at that time, you, you he would, uh, a lesser team dropped out, and you had to be invited. Okay. So when I was going out, I happened to be sitting in the office, and Ray Diaz came to my office and um, in the Gaucho gym, and he says, uh, we want to invite you to Pro City. Just random. He just, just happened to be there. Yeah, I'm like. So I said, Ray, you know, I'm I'm done. He said, Yeah, I heard. He said, That's why I want you to come back. <laughs> yeah. So I doubt that's what intrigued me because that was one championship I never had, and I and I and I felt as though if I got that championship, that 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 does my legacy well. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and first year we went in, first year we came out champions. Hmm. So that was a great move. How how was your mindset? So you get the nod, so I'm sure you're hyped, right, mm. to, to to perform a team and, and play there. What was your your method or, or your thinking as to how to put a team together to compete and, and come out champion? Like, I know there had to be a plan. It wasn't just like, all right, I'm going to just get whoever says yes. Well, no. So if, if you know the history of me, I don't changed up teams okay you know i keep the same core i keep i keep the the anthony glovers the keydron Clark, the t2s you know i keep they're family oriented you understand what i'm saying they go they have you know cookouts together they go to party together they 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 family oriented they got that chemistry yeah if you see my my logo in the middle it says not just a team it's a family so they have that chemistry and family thing so i never changed up my mindset was to them if i decide to do this and come back there's no second place. Got it. Like, y'all got to have the mentality to win it the first year out, and it's over with. You know what I'm saying? And they came in with that mentality, and we ended up winning. Wow. That's, that's I mean, you, you've had so much success. I have mm-hmm. to imagine, like, I, I try to teach my kids this, and tell me if you use utilize mm-hmm. this, visualization, right? So if, it feels like, as I'm hearing you tell it, these are things that you've already ha- mapped out in your head. Like, yes. All right, I'm gonna get this chip. Right. And you kind of have a, a a guideline almost of how you're gonna achieve it. It's it's really powerful, and it's something I learned later in life. Like my kid, my my youngest was just at a at a, a camp, mm-hmm. a little junior camp. Actually, he's not my youngest; he's my middle child. Mm-hmm. He's six. And and on the way there one day, I'm like, he's like like rustling around the back as we're driving. I'm like, yo, why don't you? visualize how you want to play today mm-hmm. and he you know, i had to explain it to him and then he closed his eyes and we get there and i think he's asleep and i'm like you know pushing to wake him up and he's mm-hmm. like I-, I got it dad and i was like what'd you get and he's like <laughs> <laughs> he's like nah nah i saw what i was gonna do today and then sure enough most of what he visualized right he executed right that day so i'm like damn i was just kind of like just doing something for him to just chill and like mm-hmm. kind of get ready for practice and it worked, but is that something that you proactively utilize, or is it just? Yeah, it's it's like it's like if if, if it's something that I really really want, then you know I'm not gonna sleep at night. Oh, okay. you understand what I'm you saying? Get that I'm, deep into I, I it. get deep into it. I'm not gonna sleep at night. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna scout other teams. You mm-hmm. know, people just think that sometimes, oh, you just coming in to hang out in the game. No, I'm actually scouting other teams or whatever the situation may be and, and, and try to figure it out. Or or if I if I won by twenty, I need I look I don't look at, oh, we won by twenty, it's over. What could we do better? We'll play, you know, whatever the situation may be. So that's if I put my mind to it to to, to win championships. You know, um just like with the kids now, my mind is not to win championships. If we win, we win. Everybody's happy, beautiful. Right. But my mind is to get them to College. That college level. Mm. And that's my focus. You understand what I'm saying? Um, they, I don't think the kids understand that, and they shouldn't understand that yet at the age of 13. And sometimes I don't think the parents understand that. But that's where my road is at right now. You understand what I'm saying? And that that that's what it is. You gotta, you can't be like, oh, I'm going to coach a game. I win by 20 and then don't think about it till next week. Right. You understand what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta be ready to go. You know, you gotta be 
focus. You got to go scout games. You got to do. You got to do the things that nobody understands. And this is why I try to teach these young coaches. You want to be good at this game. You got to go scout games. Do the work. You got to do the work. You understand what I'm saying? And I know sometimes uh, this. Uh, I understand. But then don't say that this is your passion. This is really right. what you want to do. Right. Your passion. Is, it. You, you got to have a passion for this. You understand what I'm saying? You can't be. Oh, today I'm gonna like I tell ball players and I tell my young kids. I might have practiced twice a week, but you should be working on your game five times a week. Facts. I give you two days off. Right. Five times a week. You shouldn't have to wait for me to open up the gym. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I tell the parents, they should be doing push-ups. They should be doing something that contributes to them being an athlete. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And you got coaches out here. They'll coach on Sunday, won't do nothing with basketball until the next Sunday. Won't even see their kids. They won't do nothing. Yeah. Nah. And it hurts. That's tough. You say... College is the goal that yes. you have set in mind for the kids you're working with. Yes. Why? Why do you have that as your, your North Because I, I feel as though that a parent should not have to pay for college. And I'm talking Division One, Two, Three, yeah. whatever it is. They should not have to pay for college. And if that basketball is a tool to get you to get a free education or partially free education or whatever the situation is, and to save your parents some money, I think as a kid you owe that to your parent for taking care of you all them years. Yep. And two, I think that in the end the parents will appreciate it more that I don't have to shove out a hundred thousand, a hundred fifty thousand dollars out of my pocket so you can get that degree. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's how I look at. Um, you know, as as we've been doing this this podcast, I always talk about it, and those that listen are probably sick of me saying it already, but the 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 championship in my mind is you getting a scholarship to go to right, college right. because of your basketball skills. Exactly. Now, leveraging that and actually benefiting from that scholarship, that's a whole set of diff- different right. challenges. Right. But to get through that door and not have to have that bill, right. yo, that's humongous. Like that's To me, that's I look at my own kids, right? And I, I try to push them toward basketball because I love it. Right. But I'm not going to force them into it. Right. And if they do pick it up and want to and get good and have the opportunity to go to college and get a scholarship, great. Mm-hmm. If but I, that's not me. Like, yo, you got to get a scholarship. No, nah, I'm not I'm right. not putting that pressure on them. Right. But it'd be great. Right. If they could do that, that'd be amazing. Right. Um, Kevin Durant. Uh, you're a Knicks fan, aren't you? Yeah, big time. Okay. You had to think about that for a second. I got scared. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to wait <laughs> I for thought your I next was, question. I thought I was no. wrong. No, I'm a big time Knicks fan. <laughs> Um, so obviously he chose the Brooklyn Nets, right. whatever. But you had an opportunity to um, to coach him for a summer. That was the lockout season. Was that? Uh, I can't remember. Okay, it was a while ago. Right. In any case, how does it work where KD comes and because sa- I mean he let's be real he comes and he picks basically where he wants to end up. How how does he stumble upon? Not that I'm sure he knew who you were, but like why why did he cho- choose Bingo and your team? Uh, he didn't chose me. I think oh. um, uh, uh, Nike has something to do with that. Ah, uh, okay. They put him and, in the and, direction and and to put him on the team Nike. And I think I think I'm not 100 percent sure because it's been a while. I think he was promoting the Kevin Durant at that time. Okay, I'm sure I, he was. I think he was. I'm sure. He so was. um, and he was making his way around. I guess playing in New York City. He played in Rucker. Yep. And he ended up playing on the team Nike team for that one day. Um. And uh, we played actually played against Mike Beasley that mm, day too. Yeah, so, that's his boy, right? Yeah, that's his boy. So that's why you know that night we was playing against Mike Beasley, and he was in town. 
It's a yeah. Nike thing. You end up on the team. Got it. How difficult was it to manage the team with all the fanfare around it and all the stuff that comes with such a celebrity? Uh, I think it's very difficult because when you have a player like Kevin Durant come into town, the whole aspect of winning a game for the fans go out the window because the fans want to see Kevin Durant. Right. Because where can you go see Kevin Durant for free? Where can you go see Mike Beasley for free? Right. You understand what I'm saying? So it, it kind of went out the window with as if you coaching a regular game and somebody's messing up, you would take them out the game. You know, so it's like, like coaching a pro team. Yeah. You know, people don't understand how hard it is to coach a pro team. If you got your franchise player, you got to – they come to see the franchise player. You know, they of course you want to win, but you got to figure out how to win with the franchise player on the court. Right. There's no sitting James Harden or somebody like that. <laughs> yeah, nah. You understand That's what I'm saying? You, they, he's got to play. Yeah. He's the franchise player. So you understand what I'm saying? So that's where that game was really difficult. I mean, I love Kev. He, he's an ultimate professional, very cool dude. You know, hope to see him again uh, uh, one time or another. Um, it's just that. You know, at that time, it was just, it was all about the kids and the fans wanting to see him and Beasley play. Got it. So you, you know. appease that just because, I mean, that's that's yeah. the moment. You got to yeah, do that. Yeah, that's the moment. What has you, – you're very uh, ingrained in New York City, mm-hmm. right? Your name rings bells everywhere. What What is it about New York that hasn't allowed you – I wouldn't say allowed you. I'm sure you've had opportunities to – go elsewhere potentially to play or sorry to coach tell us a little bit about that have you had those opportunities and if so what prevented you from from taking them um yeah i've had plenty of opportunities i mean you know i'm a family oriented person you know what i'm saying so i always got to think about my my family picking them up moving um i got to think about my mother who's still living she's going to be oh, 90 bless. you know in september you know what i'm saying so i got to Think about all those things before I decide to get up and move. Um, I had the opportunity to just recently to go co- coach at Woodstock Academy up in uh, Connecticut yep. and stay there. Yep. And it's just because I'm so family oriented, I, I it's hard for me to make a move right now. You understand what I'm saying? I got my um, my youngest daughter. She's a, a going to be a junior in high school. Okay. So, you know, to keep moving around and move around when you, when kids are settled, it's hard for me to do that. So I figure I'll just continue to make my impact on New York City. And if it's really meant to be down the line, then I'll take the, I'll take the move. Is there a specific, uh, I call it mountain you haven't climbed yet or goal that you aspire to achieve in basketball that has yet to, to manifest itself? Yeah, on my own gym. Own your own gym. Yeah. That, that doesn't seem difficult to me for it you is. to achieve. It is a New no, York I'm, City. No, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I can, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. And what, so what would you do with that? Like, what would be the... Everything. Okay. I mean, basically, you know, I would lo- I would love to have a facility where you could have, uh, where you can have high school games, you can have college games, you can, you, you can do everything in there, plus the training, the, everything. Like anything that that has to do with with the game of basketball, you know, uh, 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 
I would do a, I would do coaches clinics. I would do anything that has to do with the game to make the kids better or bring the kids to a safe environment to see these top players. That's something that I would do. You so, know. Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna give you a name. Mm-hmm. You can take it or leave it. It's free. I'm mm-hmm. not charging you for it. Mm-hmm. Bingo's Hall of Hoops. Nah. Bingo's All Stars Hall of Hoops. Okay, that's fine. Let's go with it. That's fine. Um, that sounds. That's a noble goal. Yes. I. I was. I was. I was thinking you would be like, yeah, coach a pro team or no, something like that. No. <laughs> I mean, I have a, You know, of course, I have a coach on the pro level to make the millions of dollars, and I'm not going to say if it was ever offered to me, I wouldn't take you it. You would seriously consider it. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. seriously consider it. But I mean, I've coached. A, a pro team, as you can say, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. On and it's, it just doesn't thrill me no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. I mean, of course, the finances will thrill you sure. quicker than doing it just for nothing. You know. Um, but that's my goal. I would love to own my own gym. Hmm. All right, we gotta put that onto the universe because <laughs> that that sounds that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, when you look at players that you've either personally coached or that you've been around. Who would you say stands out to you as one of the best examples of a bingo all star? Even if they weren't on your team, but like just the, the total Glover. human being. Anthony Glover. Oh. St. John's. Yep. Rice High School. Rice High School. Uh, why? Anthony Glover's been with me since he was, uh, say, 13 years old. Never changed up on me, never, uh, never gave me excuses. Has always come to play hard and be a be a warrior. Um, I'm his daughter's godfather. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's just he's just a family oriented person. And he's just been there. Like like it doesn't make a difference. He he's one of the people that will come actually and come to a practice and help the kids. You know, and stuff like that. I don't have I don't have to ask him. He'll call me. You got practice today? I'm coming. Wow. You know. So he's He's what you call a true bingo all star. Mm. To 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 end to his the blood. letter. Yep, that's dope. Um, you had did you coach uh, Jalen Lequeux? Yeah, at, um, at at Scanlon. At Scanlon, and then I had him playing with me in Pro City. Ah, okay. So I'm curious because I'm I'm really happy for the kid. Yes. Um, I think. What he was able to pull off, and I don't know a lot about the inner workings of like how these contracts get put together, but mm-hmm. to me, it just sounded like an impossibility to go to get into the league the way he did, mm-hmm. right? With a guaranteed deal. Mm-hmm. What do you know about how that happened? I know the kid is supremely talented, mm-hmm. but you don't get guarantees like that usually. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you because okay. I, I take myself away from it. Okay, you know when it comes to. When it comes to anything with the NBA or or, or or anything, once you've made your decision of what you're going to do, I just support you. I don't sit down with no agents, no deals. I okay, don't, gotcha. I don't do none of that stuff. You okay. know what I'm saying? I I do know whoever it was did an excellent job. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you got to applaud them it. for it. But to, to to sit here and tell you what happened, I I can't tell you. Okay. I don't know. Okay, what what would you say if if you had to write? Your legacy in a you know, few words to describe your legacy. What would you like it to say? Bingo was a loyal person to the end. Damn, you 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 don't even want to stray away from humility in this episode, do you? Loyal. <laughs> That's killer, man. 
What do you so today? You're you're the AD at at Scanlon. Yes. What else are you involved in? I have uh, coming up in September 10th. I have True Ballers, uh, which is a uh, called a True Ballers Pre High School Classic. Classic I yeah. invite 24 high school teams, schools, uh, Catholic school, private school, public school, all play together. Um, we play for about a month to the end of the championship. Um, that's been going on. This is my 12th year wow. doing that. Um, I'm also getting ready in October to run a youth league um, putting it together now. That's going to be big. Is that um, the first of its kind for you? First, first of its kind. Okay. That's going to be really huge. Um, what do you when you say youth league? Is it so we're talking youth? about youth league? Fourteen down, fourteen okay. under down, and um, you know for for the uh, fall winter program. So that's going to be huge. Um, and a uh, couple of other things that, that we don't want to talk about, about right now. That's okay. That's going to shock the city in a couple of in about a couple of weeks. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so this is you, like you. We started out earlier. You, you're constantly reinventing yourself, finding new things to get involved. I get with. bored. <laughs> <laughs> I get bored. So I got to move on. So what happens to the things that you leave behind? Do they just go away, or nah, they other never, people pick them up? It's like, it's, it's it's never a, a go away thing. It's it's more of a I know that I did that. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? And and I put whatever wherever I make a move to, I know that I left and put them on the right track. Okay. You know, now if they stay on the track after I left, that's up to them. Right. You know, so So you do put people in position so that yes. they can continue down that road if yes. they choose. Yes. That's dope. Yes. That's dope. Um where can people well, before I, I was about to wrap, but I do want to mm. ask you a question before I do so. So we talked about True Ballers. We talked about Young Life and where that ended up. Mm. We talked about you being uh, part of the Scanlon family today. Mm. Uh, your pro city coaching, you haven't done a ton. Well, you were in it this past summer. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. Dude, where, where do you continue? Like, and you mentioned some of these new things you're doing. How do you see your year kind of? rolling out are you doing a lot of new things versus a lot of the old things doing a mix like what what's next summer looking like for you at this point uh it 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 depends upon how this youth league go um i'm okay. i'm really expecting about 40 teams in this youth league i'm trying Is that to, just from in and around the city or? in and around the city okay so i and i'm trying to build it up to about 70 teams going into the summer. Wow. So that's going to be something major that I'm trying to work on right now. Okay. Um, so that's going to keep you plenty still, busy. Yeah, still travel with my, my young team, you know, because now they'll turn 14 eighth graders. Um, that's about it, you know. Like I said, you know, I got something else in store that I can't really talk about right now. Okay. But in a couple of weeks it will come out on social media and all that other stuff. And you're gonna be like, oh, <laughs> you <laughs> know worry. what I'm saying? So, so that that that's one of the things. But I mean, just continue to reinvent the wheel and continue to help to try to help the young coaches, you know, and and, and help them advance in the game. Like mm -hmm. I said, if you want the help, I'm here. I got you. If you don't want to listen, you don't want to help, and I'll sit there and watch you and enjoy the game. Right. <laughs> you know. Bingo, man. Um, it was a real pleasure. No getting problem. getting a little bit of time from you today. I don't Absolutely. I don't want to keep you too long. I don't want your wife getting upset at me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, where can people find you on social media? Uh, Instagram, Coach Bingo, uh, or Bingo All Stars. Um, same thing with um, Twitter. 
Twitter, Coach Bingo, uh, Facebook, Bingo All Stars. You know, you can find me. Yeah, you can <laughs> You're Google, not hiding. You can Google me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that quite yet, but I'm working on it. My brother, thank you so much. Man. No problem. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you. Thanks right. for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dribbling Dimes. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now. Check us out on social media as well. We're live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. On all platforms, you can find us at D-R-I-B-B-L-E-N-D-I-M-E.